Alright you lousy, lion, low-down, four-flushing carcasses. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Pat Sellers. Oh, fuck. That was a genuine stuff up as well that was not for, that was not for comic value. And we wish it was the 90s. <laughs> uh, nothing changes around here, listeners. Mm. Um, well, Merry Christmas. I hope your elf has been well and truly shelved for the holiday season. And, um, and you're ready to delve into our second Christmas special, a Home Alone 2. Um, just thought I'd address some, um, some questions that have been floating around on the net lately. Um, is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Eh? Of course it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah? Why? What, what makes it a Christmas movie? Uh, the fact that it's all set around Christmas holidays, there's Christmas music throughout it, there's basically every scene's Christmas up. Kind of put out you even asked the question. What kind of Christmas uh, music are we talking about here? The, the, just because the Home Alone uh, soundtrack uh, is synonymous uh, with Christmas. Move on, move on. No, they're playing Christmas. They're playing Christmas songs throughout it. <laughs> so, Home Alone two, I think, can be considered a Christmas movie. Home Alone one was released in May, nineteen ninety one. Oh yeah, are we doing Christmas? Are we doing Home Alone two? <laughs> <laughs> what about Die Hard? Is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I'm um, done with these Die Hard Christmas movie. Memes, uh, <laughs> couldn't get less. That's because you haven't watched Die Hard, Pat. Uh, I would say yes, because it's fun. I think that's released in <laughs> July. That one too. I'll give you love. Actually, it's it's still it's still fun to say that it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Thanks for giving us love. Actually, that we weren't asking for, but that's very <laughs> generous of you. Uh, all right. So yes, we uh, all watched Home Alone two in the. Uh, not so recent past, and I had a great time. Um, Simon did say we should probably do a quick synopsis, even though it's exactly like Home Alone 1, just set somewhere else. Um, but Simon, mm. do you want to give us a quick rundown of what happens um, in Home Alone 2? Just in case you haven't seen it for a while. Um, the big argument happens because Kevin doesn't want to go to Florida. He thinks that's not about... Christmas due to its tropical climate and lack of Christmas trees. And then people might forget there's this Christmas pageant where Kevin inexplicably has a solo and Buzz embarrasses him. Um, and it just leads to an absolute shambles. And then, of course, they uh, oversleep again, rush to the airport as they did the previous year. Kevin's with them, but he becomes separated from them while carrying Peter's bag and accidentally boards a flight to New York City. Um, there's the classic homeless woman with the pigeons, the wet bandits who are now known as the sticky bandits. They show up, and yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know the rest from there. But that first part I'd forgotten about the the um, the fight after the school production where Buzz made a fool of Kevin. That's the only part I really felt was worth mentioning. 
so your memories are a little bit clouded of it until you watched it this time. Yes, I mean, I remembered it as I was watching it, but I'd forgotten that it happened. And but you know, I was like, oh, that's right. But all the rest, I you know, was very fresh. You know, the sticky bandits, the pigeon lady, all that was real fresh in my mind, but not the first twenty minutes. Anything in particular um, come to mind when you know that was different the, this time you watched it, Pat? Uh, I don't think it's different. I think I've probably watched it too many times um, to pick up anything new. Um, the only thing I was wondering, because my Home Alone came out in 90, and this is, what, 93? 92. 92. Did you, did you guys watch this for the first time, like, pretty much having them back-to-back? Because -back? I don't think I wouldn't have seen them when I came out because I was four, and Sam yeah. probably wasn't alive. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think you're right, Pat. I think it was back to back. Yeah. 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 Well, like that made made these kind of a little bit special as well. Because I feel like most people in our sort of age would have done that. You got them back to back. You got the sequel straight away. Yeah, for sure. I think I probably watched Home Alone in the middle of the year or something, and then Home Alone two around Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, right. <I> uh... <laughs> um. We will, when I say best bits, were memorable bits, I think. Um, I think I probably enjoyed, I think I enjoyed Home Alone 1 better overall. Um, but as you say, I did really enjoy the start of this um, this movie. We'll just go back and forth and um, talk about our sort of favourite or most memorable bits. Um, Simon, do you want to kick us off since you alluded to the beginning? Yeah, oh, those first two minutes, eh? Um... I loved how there was an entire roll call of every single person who was involved in the movie in any way, shape, or form um, <laughs> on the credits list for the first two, three minutes. That was really great with my two kids who are four and six years old. Just like, oh, so, you, so you watched this with your children? I watched it with the kids, and I was like, when is the movie going to start? It was Honestly, these credits just went for three minutes. It was like, <laughs> you know, this, it shows you how far attention spans have fallen. And how bizarre it was that in the first place that we had to have every single person involved in the movie for three minutes before the movie actually started. So that <laughs> was, was a highlight. It was definitely a thing. Like I remember watching the Jungle Book with Eleanor, and all of the credits are at the start, uh, with like a song in the background. And mm. she had big given up the big intro. Big intro. Yeah. So that was that was really fascinating and enjoyable for my kids. Did you watch it with Ivy, uh, Pat? No, I don't want to go. I don't want her to get any ideas and I don't know, start trying to electrocute me or anything like that. Um, I'll be trying to get her to avoid these. But um, uh, how'd they fare, Simon? I really enjoyed it. They absolutely loved it. Yeah, they just reveled in the wet bandits slash the sticky bandits, especially. Um, Are you concerned for your safety? Not when their models are Henry and Marv, or maybe if their model is Kevin, maybe. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I'd be worried about. Yeah, but there is that there is that good Family Guy bit where it's Home Alone with competent uh, robbers. <laughs> uh, and I did feel like that a lot of the times, how they were just falling over like micro machines and stuff in the first one, especially. Like, yeah, these guys, they're not, not, they're not up to much chop, are they? I was actually a little bit um, 
initially anyway a little bit disappointed with the pranks or you know like the things that Kevin had laid out for them I thought were paled in comparison to the first one maybe it was just my memory wasn't great but there was um the nail gun just extremely uh would well, that would never ever happen how he got hurt by the nail gun I did chuckle when it went on his nose though that was um, a good moment. You know that the grease ladder and the slimy floor, like I was just, it wasn't very um, uh, inventive. I don't think they did get that. the The one classic one out of both these movies that always sticks out to me is when um, he gets electrocuted and then he becomes the skeleton with the frizzy hair. So that's the that's the one bit that this uh, this torture house uh, scene has on the first one. I reckon. Yeah, the charge taps were good. I, I, I personally thought the flamethrower with the Kero toilet was um, was was up there as well. Um, it just I've got in my notes favorite stunt question mark probably the fire beanie slash kerosene in the toilet gag. And my kids just absolutely love that. So I, I completely agree with you there, Sam. Yeah, they probably didn't know what Kero was um, until it, the house blew up completely. Um, yeah, exactly. I've got as one of my bits that um, I think was probably amplified a bit more in this movie than the first one was um, I've got it written down three times. Harry, inaudible muttering. Yeah. Does a great, does a great Muttley impression, doesn't he? I just thought there was, a, there was some good, um, some good Uncle Frank in this movie, yeah. Well, do you know, I'd never thought when I watched this movie, isn't that guy a bit old to have like a five-year-old kid? Yeah. He's like 51 when this movie was released. (laughs) It's all the rage these days. Yeah. And he oh, looks yeah. about 65. Yeah, I was really, really panicking that I'd go to his IMDb and see he was like my age right now and just feel older than I've ever felt in my life. But <laughs> uh, thankfully, he's 51. But one of Kevin's lines uh, when he needs to go to the bathroom or the toilet, as we would say, and he said, Did Uncle Frank's in there? And his dad says, Oh, go in, it doesn't matter, or something like that. And so, but Uncle Frank said, if I went in there and he was naked, I'd never feel like a real man. <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously I didn't pick up as a six-year-old. But like <laughs> Uncle Frank, why is I know it's your family, your extended family, but why is he showering with the door ajar? Like Kevin just opening you know, the doors not even closed when Uncle Frank's in the shower. There's a whole household of people. And, like, within the first 10 minutes of the movie, Frank showers with the door open, brags about the size of his penis to, like, an (laughs) eight-year-old, falls asleep in the middle of the school performance, laughs hysterically at the most humiliating moment of Kevin's life. Yeah, I agree. He's the man of the match. And then continues continues laughing about how Kevin was humiliated. After the fact, he's he is a genuine psychopath, eh, Frank. Like I think he goes from just a cheapskate in the first one to an absolute psychopath. He doesn't give a shit that Kevin's gone either. <laughs> I think 
I think they've they've they missed a trick because um, he was pretty much just not in the movie for about an hour and twenty minutes, um, and he's really really good, especially for the like, adults watching. Um, he, he needs to be in it more. There needs to be like cutscenes of him not caring. Yeah, I suppose in this one you just get a little you get a little bit back by having uh, the hotel staff in this one um, carry a bit of yeah. that. Very true. Um, good point. Good point. You mm. Frank and Feder and your Juice Bigelow and the other <laughs> lady. <laughs> They're all really good. Going back to Frank laughing hysterically at Buzz's uh, candle prank. Um, I think in that whole bit, uh, Buzz's prank obviously not funny at all. I would have lost it with the pianist falling off her chair though. <laughs> Underrated <laughs> gag. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, they would have got me. Underrated um, gag, all right. At the start, you said Kevin having uh, inexplicably having a. Is that because he's a bad singer? We're just not told he enjoys singing at any point. When we don't know yeah. he's a solo, then all of a sudden, it was just very rushed that part. Not Never thought I'm... about it, but yeah, it comes out of nowhere. It comes <laughs> out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, I can't imagine like... him being like highly motivated to like work for that solo or anything either. Mm. But, uh, who, who knows? Maybe the old man's um, putting in some pretty big donations to that church, so they have to give their kids the leading roles. Oh, absolutely, they're, they're absolutely loaded. Um, yeah, I just thought that the the family were just such a jerk. They're such collective jerks to Kevin. Eh? The poor kid's been embarrassed in front of every. Everyone in the school, parents and kids, and they force him yeah. to apologise because his older brother, who's approximately like twenty-one, does this <laughs> does this childish prank, and like, and Kevin refuses to apologise. Like, yeah, so you shouldn't apologise, Kevin. You like reacted in a completely reasonable way to this grown man embarrassing you in front of everyone. <laughs> it's just ridiculous treatment of a child. Yeah, I, I've got it. Uh, it's a disgrace of a family. Uh, yep. They walk out the door after last year, not having the tickets. She's like, where are the tickets? And the, the auntie's like, I've got yours. <laughs> like, how do you not have your tickets on you when you walk out the door? And um, Everything's I'm pretty sure... last minute again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the McAllisters are not in Home Alone 3 because Kevin has either been taken away by Sifts or uh, they're in jail. As they should be. Child Protective Services definitely need to get involved, especially when uh, the old man jokes about it when they report it to the cops. Yeah. Like, we never lose our luggage. Like, Whoa. <laughs> you should probably call someone. <laughs> not real good. <laughs> I completely agree on that, Pat. On the, you mentioned Home Alone 3, Sam. I've had a hell of a time today convincing my kids that they shouldn't watch Home Alone 3. About Home Alone One, we watched both. Oh, nice! Watched yeah, both in the last two weeks, so they love the. Obviously, they love both of them, so they naturally want to watch Home Alone Three. But I've just been bagging it so much. But I think I have to watch it because they're convinced that it's going to be great. I'm not sure I've ever seen it. It's not great, but they would like it. Probably would, but anyway, not a Christmas movie. Um, good, good to see, good to see Kieran Culkin, aka Roman Roy, in this as well. You can tell he's got some real acting chops at this early age, so I enjoyed that. And um, 
I did I did also think when Kevin arrives in New York, there's a great montage scene of like New York sites and it made me definitely want to go to New York. It was a great scene, including a spooky low angled shot of the Twin Towers. Mmm. So um, pretty crazy. Um how much do you reckon it costs to stay at that hotel these days after that movie? They'd just be booked out at Christmas every year because of our movie in 1992, wouldn't it? You'd think people like us, Pat, would be clamouring to get it. Yeah, people like us with a bit more cash. <laughs> <laughs> we need some McAllister jobs, you know, whatever that guy does. He's up to something. There's something weird going on with the old man. It gives me uh, second family vibes, I reckon. <laughs> That's why he's joking about his son going missing. Yeah, it's hard to keep track. Uh, obviously, when I was a kid, I didn't know who Donald Trump was. Um, it's not much of a cameo, is it? It's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. And I think, unfortunately, he's, he's really done himself a bit of mischief in years gone past. And now he's. Finances are coming up in all sorts of papers with indictments and what he really needed to do. Where should he have gone, Sam? Um, I think if uh, if Accountants Plus were um, maybe not cooking his books, but um, um, he wouldn't have been impeached, uh, that's for sure. It's not the sort of advice they would give. No. You want some really sound accountancy, tax, business advisory and business management services? Accountants Plus. Thanks for sponsoring this podcast, Jace Toy. Uh, you Cheers, go mate. check them out at accountantsplus.co.nz. So, so, sorry, Simon, your boys, I kind of, um, I don't know, like, why I didn't want, I didn't want to watch it with Eleanor. She's five. But um, there were, like, a lot of scenes where it's like, I'm going to murder that boy, um, <laughs> which I thought was a bit, bit on the nose. But also the, um, I thought that after dark scene, Mm. Uh, in Central Park was a bit uh, bit creepy. Yep, definitely creepy. It's, it's quite full on. The um, the hookers just start ripping into him <laughs> for no reason. Mm. You guys are adults. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. yeah, and then when he jumps into that taxi, um, it's quite a good line. It's like, Doesn't get any better in here. That guy turns around with one eye. <laughs> quite good. Just yeah, that was definitely they were a bit scared by that part. But overall, like when you're watching it with them, turn back on, you can definitely um sort of talk them through that oh it's all gonna be fine, you know, the bad guys don't win, that sort of thing. Um but I, as a kid, the scariest part was definitely that Central Park scene. I remember being kind of creeped out by that as as a young child. But to add to your point, Pat, about the prostitutes just being ridiculously mean to Kevin. The same thing happens at the hotel, eh? like the re mm. reaction of the concierge is just is unbelievably mean. And I always enjoy this trope in movies, like adults just unnecessarily being mean to children who have, to their knowledge, just done nothing wrong. Like it just <laughs> happens so it's many a bizarre times. Trope. Yeah, it's such a bizarre trope. It's definitely a thing, Ayla. It's like if we saw a kid who was like eight and alone, it's like the last thing you would be is like suspicious and horribly mean yeah, in these movies though just like, going into the park <laughs> good luck <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. 
Um, at least uh, the concierge and all the other staff get that dressed down at the end, which sort of brings it a bit of, a little bit further around, especially when um, Curry's character's real chuffed <laughs> at the start. I think he says, I made the discovery. Like, he's really helped <laughs> out the parents. He's like, that kid? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I've got a question, um, because the, the, for those of you that haven't seen the movie for a while, we first, it's not actually about 40 minutes in the movie, I think, that there's a fish truck in New York. And for the first time in the movie, we see Harry and Marv, the wet slash sticky bandits, pop out above the frozen fish. And that's the first time we see them in the movie. And honestly, my kids reacted like it was like Michael Jordan and the Bulls showing up to a hotel in the 90s when they when they <laughs> um, popped out of those fish. So... So I guess like a, I guess like a wrestler entry, like they heard yeah. the music come on. Like, ah! <laughs> exactly, exactly right, Pat. So it's I guess awesome. my question, my question is: Is there a more beloved criminal or like criminal duo or team or whatever than Harry and Marv? Because they've got to be up there. Eh? Absolutely beloved, those bandits. Yeah, nothing's coming to mind. Um, Can't beat it on the spot. I do love, particularly love, uh, Marv's corduroy jacket in this epi- this uh, this movie. Mm. Yep. He, loves, he loves a pair of uh, ankle freezers to go with it as well. Like his pants are always a little bit too short. <laughs> <laughs> so were there were, like were there reactions because they just watched Home Alone one. Um, so they knew that they were in that one, and actually, it took quite a long time for Harry and Marv to be introduced. That because it was the second one, it could potentially be somebody else. Other, you know, like it could be another villain. But then when those two came back, it was like a big surprise. No, 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 because I because my kids, uh, I'm a, especially my eldest, is quite scared of basically everything on TV. So um, I have to. <laughs> walk him through what's going to happen before it happens all the time so that they, it wasn't it wasn't a surprise they just um okay just love harry and marv they just can't get enough of those sticky bandits um are they harry fans or marv fans um probably more marv fans yeah. i'd go marv as well marv isn't in a lot of stuff eh? like he's he popped up in another 90s movie I watched recently, uh, Rookie of the Year, which also has Duncan oh. from Duncan's Toy Chest on it. What a film! What yeah, a film! Pretty, Rookie of the um, Year, what a film! Back to that. And then uh, now Marv's in the show I watched like today. That's like but these are like the only three things I know him from. He's in uh, For All Mankind, which is a good series on Apple. Now I've never seen him on anything else. Obviously, Harry's Joe Pesci, so he's been on. A million things. He's a bit of a um, homeless man's Kramer. Yep. Mm. Do you reckon that went against him? Like, because he had like this role and his role in Rookie of the Year was, you know, that kind of Kramer is sort of crazy man with crazy hair, tall. And then when Kramer came about, probably just outdid him for popularity. Yep. He was more like, yeah, just like his physical humor. And the way he moves himself and his face and stuff like that. Um, Quite similar, right? 
yeah, yeah. not not as good, obviously. Homeless man. Um, speaking of speaking of homeless, so bird bird lady. Oh, yeah. let's get to her. Yeah, Piers Morgan's breakout role is the pigeon lady. <laughs> It was one new thing I didn't realize. I didn't realize as a kid. And then I looked, watched it. I was like, "Oh shit, it's Piers Morgan!" Hey, Piers is Piers 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 is a big fan of the pod, mate. He's not going to happy with that. <laughs> We've got to tag him on Twitter or something, or X or whatever it's called. Hey, um, so does she squat in that orchestra room, or does she just does she just know how to get there? That, that I had the same question written down. Does she live above the theatre? And if she doesn't, why doesn't she? Because it's there's heaps of room up there for her and her pigeons. Mm. She should. I, I feel like she doesn't, which is no. why I was asking the question. Yeah, and and I, I I remember well in my memory, I was like, oh yeah, that's where she lives. It wasn't the orchestra room in my mind. It was this random room that was dusty. I remember there being a bed in there, but there definitely wasn't a bed in there. Hmm. These um, these scary-looking strangers with a heart of gold in Home Alone one and two don't really do themselves any favors when introducing themselves to kids. Uh, <laughs> like in Home Alone one, when uh, Kevin's in that convenience store. The old guy with the beard just like slams that bandaged, bloodied hand right next to Kevin. And this one, when Kevin, when Kevin's, <laughs> when Kevin's foot is stuck in the rock, um, mm. she, she could have just said like, "Oh, hold still a minute, mate. I hope to get you unstuck." But instead, she like grimaces at him and like launches this big hand towards him. And of course, he's scared. You know, they, 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 it's a, but I enjoy the trope again of of the uh, the potentially crazy, dangerous stranger. I'm not bagging the pigeon lady at all. Good character. Like the the beard <laughs> the bearded man though. Just like, on you're gonna get the lady. Just on that scene alone where he's hugging the granddaughter is uh he's got has gotta gotta go out there. Yeah, no, that's pretty fair. Anything that we haven't covered? Um apart from the fact Mate, I got lots. I got lots. You got lots. carry on. Um, so the, just a lot of parallel things, right, about Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. And when Kevin got caught by Harry and Marv, and you've got to remember we only watched Home Alone 1 about a week earlier, uh, my four-year-old said, is that strange gall going to come? <laughs> and James said, and, and smashed him in, a face, in the face with a shovel? <laughs> Which says a lot about uh, how similar uh, the, the the two movies are. So I, I quite enjoyed that. But um, no, I got lots about the um, the scene where the scenes where they the sticky bandits are trying to attack Kevin um, in their house of horrors. Mm, if I may, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got questions about the house of horrors as well. Sam earlier said about, oh, or maybe it was Pat. Um, the language is so vile. I'm going to murder that kid. Was that you, Sam? Yeah. And then much, no, not much later, um, I think Harry Omar says, I hope your parents got you a tombstone for Christmas. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good line. It's a, it's a great line. It's a great when line. They're chasing him, when they're chasing him to the roof, Harry's like, 
I'm going to kill that kid. I don't care if I get the chair. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty full on. I'm um, really confused about um, the house itself because they mention at one point that the Uncle Rob is in Paris while his house gets renovated. That house isn't getting renovated. Like, that's abandoned, condemned, or, or like, what is going... What was he living in before this reno started? It was derelict, uh, absolutely derelict. <laughs> and when Kevin turns Man, up, he like funny. looks at the house and calls their names. It's like no one's living there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would really love to see the script for that whole bit from when it starts to when it ends, because there's not a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of inaudible, inaudible muttering from Harry and a lot of like, uh, we're coming to get you, kid, or, you know, something along those lines. Um, a bit of acting chops. Like, would they have to go over every scene and just be like, this, you know, like before each scene, this is what happens or um, wouldn't necessarily be a very uh, thick script at that point. I reckon Harry and Marv would get a, a fair bit of runway to do some improv. Although you'd hope. Some of the like um, murdery type lines they weren't improv. <laughs> um, mind you, or is it worse that they wrote that down and put it in the script? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the I'm I'm pretty sure I got the timings right. So I think the toy store closes at maybe nine, and then. He, I don't know when, how long it takes him to set up all those traps and come up with all the traps and get all the things for them. But it all happens in a very short space of time. He's an experienced campaigner. He's an experienced campaigner, is that Kevin? He's done it before. Yeah, he's been there, he's done it. He knows the, the sticky bandits, like the back of his hand. All credit to him, I say. Um... I also thought that, like, I'd never see, you know, I remember, as a kid, slight detour here, but I was always had a real handbag of an arm. Now, I remember watching Chris Cairns from the boundary just fling in from, like, 80 metres every time, and I never thought I'd see a better arm than that, but Kevin McAllister, what an arm. Were those bricks thrown off the roof? Mm. Three stories up, absolutely scones them every time. I mean, like that, that's more impressive than the advanced planning to me. <laughs> and there's there's another thing that, that my kids found really funny. Um, I think it was Harry. My notes are pretty slim here, but when <laughs> Harry thinks he can do the same, he goes, so he gets ready to throw a brick down at Kevin. Suck brick, kid! And just <laughs> throws this half. Was it Marv? Marv, suck brick kid, and throws this harmless brick, and uh, my kids <laughs> found it absolutely hilarious, and I also definitely found it funny. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when they thought they'd outsmarted him with the paint cans. Yeah, yeah, they did the you know, the stairway thing from the first one. Yeah, then Marv on the second one was like, "Don't worry, I'll get him." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
Yeah. And as uh, they're like nudging each other and chuckling as they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> You've totally outsmarted this kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking morons. Uh, they yeah. have, they really they set themselves up one one of the earlier scenes by the ice rink. Uh, he says, um, oh, shit, "Where is it?" Oh, and Harry says to Marv when he's got that plan, he brings out the pamphlet for Duncan's toy chest. Said, There's no one dumb enough to knock off a toy store on Christmas Eve. Marv goes, "Oh yes, there is." <laughs> that's like a line out of the Simpsons. That's <laughs> quite good. Yeah, there's some gen- like the other thing my kids loved similarly with Harry and Marv, of course. Um was that that earlier scene where they're nudging each other about how smart they are because they're avoiding Kevin throwing for those of you who haven't seen it for a while. And Home Alone one, Kevin of course memorably throws the paint cans off the uh the stairs and hits them. So now they wait, and that's one. He throws another paint can, that's two. Throws another paint can, and that's three. And they think they've done it. And all of a sudden, Kevin throws this massive metal bar down and smacks both of them and flies them off a whole story. And then as they're, like, basically dead, um, Marv goes, and that's four. And my kids thought that was absolutely hysterical. (laughs) Marv mumbling, that's four. I absolutely love that but. That was nice. It was nice to see them laughing, and and it was actually funny. Like Harry, like they are, they are actually really funny, and and that's right. How many times do you reckon they die? Like if that happened, any of those things happen in real life? <laughs> well, the, the bricks to the head. That's that's four each one times. of them. Yeah, yeah. every time. It, it's four times. Um, mm. You're going to let it until your skeleton <laughs> is revealed in a comic fashion. I think you're dead there. The flamethrower with the Kero and the <laughs> cement bag on the rope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has, has either of you ever been able to strike a match off a wall before? <laughs> nah, it doesn't work. Another great trope. <laughs> Another great movie trope. I don't know why they bother. Like, just give them a little box because no one has ever been able to do that. Yeah, great point. Great point. Um, all right, anything else? Uh, we will delve into a character draft when you've um, gone through your best bits. Uh, the only other thing I had is I quite like a couple of the gadgets in this. You obviously got the classic Kevin McAllister audio recorder. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, and, um, yes, yes. What, the yak? The yak back. <laughs> uh, that's a that's the number one piece of equipment to this. Uh, running close second, I'd have that machine that you put cards into to figure out if they're stolen. I'll just slip that. What happens is they flash up stolen in red lights. <laughs> they are pretty sure that machine's already existed. But uh, what's the name? Tim Curry's pretty chuffed when he figures out that the credit card's been registered stolen. Tape recorder thing. That's a my kids also were obsessed with that, despite that they are like living thirty years later and have way, way, way better technology. Like kind of reminded me of that Simpsons bit where Bart gets transported, he like writes his name in cement and imagines what it will be like. 
and he's like doing a yo-yo for all the people in the future and they say what seems simple to him is amazing to us and that, that was like my kids are obsessed with that um, tape recorder even though it was very boring and would get old in about 15 seconds they were obsessed with it I don't know I, I quite enjoyed uh, recording my voice on the yak back and then warping it on the side with the little um, the little knob on the side yeah. Slow it down so you can pretend to be an adult on the phone <laughs> alright I have randomised the order for our character draft. I'm glad there's only um, three of us here because if there were four, I was it's a very light on characters. I found Home Alone too. Um, how how deep are we going in the cast here? Everyone's open, or are we sticking to the? Everyone's open, surely. Simon has a cry if you pick someone who wasn't in it very much. Um, oh no, yeah, but it's still okay. To do it. Pat, I, just I know Pat and I like going uh, deep diving. Um, so it, it's up to you, Pat. And um, you also have the first pick, Pat. Um, oh, I got the second pick and Simon's got the third pick. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the best character. Even though he's well underdone in this movie, I'm, I'll be taking... Um, Uncle Frank. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's brilliant in both these movies. Uh, I'd love to see, have seen more of that character. We should have done like a spin-off or something, maybe like a, a adult comedy that was a spin-off of him going on holiday, ripping off his brother or something. Yeah, good shot. What's the age gap between those two, by the way, his brothers? Good, good 15 years. Look, I feel like um, I feel like I'm sport for choice here with with number two, but also could um, go in any way here. Could go your main character vibes, mm. and and go with someone like Kevin or Marv or Harry, or or could go a little bit uh, left field. But I'm gonna actually, I thought Kevin was really good. I'm gonna go with Kevin. As my as the second pick, and that's very unlike me. Um, is unfla- he was unflappable the entire movie, um, in the face of so many dangers. Um, but actually, he, he was just, and I found that quite. He was just quite funny. A lot of his little quips, you know, about Uncle Frank, and um, not only that, his um, relationship with Bird Lady, um, I thought was was really lovely. Heartwarming. Yeah, very heartwarming. And and actually a lot of what he said to her was just really great life advice. Um yep. especially, you know, like she was saying something about she hadn't talked to many people or something and he said, Oh, you you know, like he just said, Oh, you're really good at it, you should do it more often. Um Yeah, I just thought it was a really good performance from Macaulay Culkin. Um, much better than Home Alone One. Yeah. Yeah. He's the quintessential 90s kid. Here's mm. a good line in here for that made me think of this podcast uh, when uh, Cedric, who's Juice Bigelow, uh, asked him if he needs help with the, t- with the TV. He said, I'm 10 years old. TV's my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember being 10. Yeah, TV is your life. 
It's good. Simon, back to back. Yeah, I mean, though I don't disagree with either of your choices, um, and I won't criticise them, obviously, to be able to have the sticky banders in three and four is very fortunate and a no-brainer, really, for me. Um, Henry and Marv, sticky bandits, three and four. That's a win. Who did you pick first? Hmm. Both of my team, aren't they? But um, no, no. Oh, if you had, say you had second pick, who would have picked <laughs> yeah. out of those two? Hard, right? Because you got to have the straight guy to have the sort of goofy guy. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I think I would lean Marv first. Um, just the comedy, the, the physical comedy side of things. Yeah, I'd probably go Marv first over Harry, but um, you know, tough to separate the sticky bandits. I, I, I probably would have gone Marv. Um, I was tossing out Marv at two. Um, look, I've got a few names here. The names I've got written down that are left, I've got uh, Bird Lady, I've mm. got Fuller, mm. um, Tim Curry, who doesn't have a name, just concierge, <laughs> um, Steedrick, the bellman, um, Mr. Rob Duncan. Schneider. Was that Rob Schneider, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought he was actually quite good. He is good. When he's, not playing, when he's not a bellhop, he's... A carrot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not really much of anything anymore. Just rocks around on podcasts, barking on about cancel culture. I think. Um, there's one real good bit. Sorry, just to uh, hijack the character draft is um, when um, Evans playing the yak back for the five uh, people in the room. You know the uh, the filthy animal guy. Mm. And uh, goes through the people he's been smooching, and Cliff <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> Cliff. Cliff, gets, Cliff gets a shout out. Um, oh, by the way, I only found out that movie's not actually a real movie. Ugh, unbelievable. Yeah, really especially for both, yeah. both Home Alone it's one both, and two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, they did in the first one as well. I haven't even I haven't got Buzz on my list, but I've got Mum, the mom, on my list. Um. As neglectful as she is, uh, but I'm gonna go. This is like with... the first two minutes of Home Alone here. You're listing every person involved in the movie. <laughs> Give us a name. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tim Curry. Tim Curry, I think, yeah. bring, brings a lot to the uh, the concierge. Brings a lot to the uh, to the film. Um, Have a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> His his uh, his back and forth with Kevin and his back and forth with uh, Cedric, um, uh, definite highlights. I think he he looked bloody young in it, eh? Yeah. Would have been what? What would have mm. he been known for before this? Tim Curry Rocky, or Rob Rocky. Schneider. So was Rocky Horror before this? Yeah. Well before it. Bit of a downgrade. Um, Pat, yours please. Last pick. My last pick is Pierce Morgan on debut as the Pigeon Lady. <laughs> Someone had to pick her. She, she really needs it. She needs, she needs as much support as possible. We had a quite interesting. She has that long conversation with him up in her possible house. 
Um, hopefully it's her house. Um, and she's kind of like has already psychoanalyzed herself completely. Like she explains exactly why she hasn't been communicating with anyone and, you know, how it makes her feel. But obviously hasn't done anything about it. <laughs> but uh, oh, she'll, she'll get there. Well, hard when you're homeless. Sure. Hard to do much of anything when you're homeless. It's got that mint apartment above the orchestra place. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to pour one out for Fuller, um, getting the king bed to himself um, with Coke cans all around him. <laughs> Fuller's great. Real good. He needs to be more in it. He, was, he, he is great. I agree. I think uh, they missed the truck a little bit there for sure. All right. Um, if unless you guys have any any more inaudible mutterings to uh, contribute, yeah, I just want to wish everyone a merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, quasi Kwanzaa, a tip top tit, and a solemn dignified Ramadan. Really, um, very good. And uh, what do you think, Nick? Christmas, Home Alone three, lads. That's not a Christmas movie. <laughs>